many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves? This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. All right, Satu, we're back. How you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, Boomer. How are you doing? Ah, uh, rocking. Back in, where am I? Amsterdam. <laughs> and spent, spent the weekend in Munich with Max Gosler and crew over at uh, Flowgrade and had an absolutely fantastic time. Yeah, it sounded so, like a fun place to be. It is. And, you know, anytime you get this community of people that is very focused on performance together, you start to learn new things. And this is one of the values that I get out of conferences and why I continue to go to them is because, you know, we sit here reading science all day long. We read articles all day long. But in conferences, you get to hear how people do different things, uh, looking at data a different way, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's left me with a few little experiments to try on myself, which is going to be fun. Cool. Looking forward to hearing more about those. So speaking of experiments, let's talk a little bit about something we are now uh, doing with our clients. And that is a three-day heart rate variability analysis. And specifically what we're doing is putting on an ECG for three days. It places right underneath your collarbone and on your rib cage. And we're looking to analyze data off of your heart over the course of three days. Now, why is that important? And if you get, or if you've looked at our podcast recently, there's a lot of episodes and focus around heart rate variability and at Decoding Superhuman, we believe that is extremely important because if you think about who we we serve, it's an executive, it's an entrepreneur in fast-growing industries. And these people have to perform at a certain level every single day. And that stress, either positive or negative, has an effect on your nervous system. And one of the ways that we can measure that is heart rate variability. And so Satu and I recently ran our own. And we wanted to share with you a little bit about what we learned in these. But this is something that we do with all of our clients. And really, it pinpoints certain stressors that may have a positive effect, i.e. for for me, endurance exercise, or certain stressors that may have a negative effect on your overall nervous system. And so today, what we wanted to do was share a little bit of information from our reports and provide everybody the context of why this may be useful in your everyday life. Shall we do that, Satya? Sounds excellent. Let's do it. All right. So First things first, the setup. You get the ECG, you put it on your collarbone and your ribcage, as I mentioned, and you kind of work with it passively over the course of three days. That that light occasionally flashes when you're sleeping, but you're wearing it throughout the day and as well when you're sleeping. Yeah, I didn't get disturbed by it at all, Um, (laughs) other than during the night, actually. And what did I do? I taped um, black tape on it. Yeah. Yeah. You put black tape on it, right? And so that that's the smart way to go about things is putting black tape on it so you don't even notice the flashing. It does occasionally flash through fabric, and I have had numerous people on the street ask me what kind of fashion I was trying to portray. <laughs> but um, the cool thing about gathering this much data over this much period of time is that we can see how things like sleep affect stress levels. We can see how things like exercise affect stress levels, and we can see how different foods affects stress levels. So 
now I want to pass it over to you, Satu. What did you learn? What were some of the key takeaways that you got out of this? I think it was a combination of getting confirmation on things that I already thought I knew. And uh, then there were some new insights. Um, um, if we really want to look at it in the, the broader, big picture perspective, to summarize, a key for myself, key takeaway is to take breaks during the day. Um, whether it is a day where I exercise a lot or, or a day where I just work um, at the office a lot or with clients, I do need to be very conscious about getting those few minutes of rest, whether it's uh, breathing exercises or meditation or just chilling or doing something else than I've been doing the entire day because that shows the stress levels going down. And overall, I got a really good balance um, from all those three days for my recovery. I was actually expecting that I would have been more, let's say, affected by the stress. Um, but I, I, I was very happy to see those results that I, I maintained a good pace and a good rhythm throughout the days. So you did have the breaks. And I, I did. I did, uh, especially during one of the days where I was uh, doing most of the, the office type of work. I did take breaks and I could see how that influenced my heart rate and both the heart rate variability and the overall mm-hmm. stress co- scores that I got. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. So uh, I want to lay some sort of prior groundwork here in terms of just work atmospheres that I've been in and then talk a little bit about work atmosphere that I'm in now, because what would have been really interesting is to see the data coming off of myself when I was in finance. And so just to give you a glimpse of sort of what my finance work day looks like, which is not all too different from where it looks now with one major differential, uh, In finance, my day, particularly in Singapore, began around 8.30 or 9 a.m. I would work straight until 12 p.m. or say I was working straight. And I mean, what's interesting to see is that in a lot of these industries where you're supposed to be at your desk all day long, there's more than enough people that are probably looking at ESPN and a few other websites trying to keep themselves busy or make themselves look busy. Mm -hmm. And so when I wasn't really looking at ESPN at 12 in Singapore, there's this concept of a lunch break, which doesn't really exist in New York city, but, uh, most of the crowd, if you will, would go out for lunch. And during that time I would go to the gym, uh, As I've said numerous times before, I wasn't sleeping very much then, but I was still beating myself up in the gym talking about sort of three-minute friend times and a whole bunch of other crazy stuff when it comes to CrossFit. I would come back and then I'd work straight through from probably 1.30 or 2 to 8 p.m. And then I would go out for dinner. Now, that straight through, of course, was punctuated by a lot of ESPN checking and a few other things and emails, et cetera. But the main difference between what I do then or what I did then and what I do now is this concept of breaks. And I think it's really important because it illustrates the benefits and we now have the data to see it. Uh, You mentioned the breaks yourselves. Uh, I would be curious what types of breaks you take throughout the day. But for me, I start my day by sort of walking outside. And in Amsterdam, that gives me a usually one in three chance of getting a day without rain. And I try to get sun wherever possible. So I'm trying, I have a backyard, I'm trying to get myself in the park, etc. 
that from a HRV perspective or what I noticed in the data was extremely beneficial in terms of stress recovery. Now, during the day, I try to take different breaks. Everybody knows that I'm pretty fond of the Pomodoro technique. And I love the interval training that comes with that kind of productivity schedule. So I'll take breaks in the form of mini exercises. I'll take breaks in the form of meditation, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And what, what you said was very important in terms of uh, the breaks actually make a significant difference at the end of day recovery versus the non-break days. Yeah. And the sleep. Sleep yeah. quality. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll get to sleep here in a second yeah. because I, I can say just looking at the data, the number of breaks that I take per day does correlate with sleep quality. So if oh, I were to take two or three breaks, and now I'm working out in the middle of the day, so it's it's a very distinct break. But if I were to take two or three breaks, my sleep quality goes from on this report ninety three out of a hundred to I guess 93 out of 100 was one of my higher scores. And then it can drop a little bit lower uh, when I don't take as many breaks. So let's hear about some of your breaks, Atu. Our sponsor for today's show is one of the two brands of blue light blockers that I actually recommend using. And I've had the CEO, Matt Maruka, on the show before, and we got into a two-hour-long discussion, which I think to this day is the longest episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast. But his company, Raw Optics, has made blue light blockers sexy. In fact, I know they worked because I've seen the test results. And the beauty of their product is, is that blue light doesn't get in. And if any amount of blue light gets in, that Netflix show that you're watching late at night, that book that you're reading, that email that you're answering is disrupting your sleep. So where do you get yours? Head over to rawoptics.com, plug in the code BOOMER, you'll get 15% off your order. Enjoy. So Satsu, what were your most effective breaks? I think the most effective breaks for me were actually when I was fully resting. And by that, I mean something that quite many of the Swedish offices actually do have. They have this room with a bed. And I actually needed to lie down. And I just take maybe probably like three to five minutes and just breathing, relaxing. And then I get up, take a little walk. And that has a huge effect. I think just by analyzing myself and the sleep and the recovery that I usually get. I think because I work out in the morning, I need those type of breaks. Um, It helps me a lot with my mental and physical recovery, I've noticed. Mm -hmm, This mm -hmm. is, of course, an N of one study, so I don't have any... Uh, Yeah, this entire thing we're talking about is N of one, right? And so what we're sharing is N of one here. And we'll get into a little bit more about what you can learn if you were to test uh, yourself on this a little bit later. But uh, on the N of one, what I found fascinating was... Look, I'm a human guinea pig, right? So there's things that I'll do that necessarily I'll be trying out before I would ever recommend them to a client. Um, One of those is hypnosis. And I did do a couple of hypnosis sessions during this. And I did find that it on one particular occasion, the hypnosis did induce a state of recovery. Uh, That was one where it was a hypnosis geared at more towards... uh, what was it more towards relaxing? And the second one I did was a hypnosis that was more geared towards, um, 
how shall I say this, a communication style. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I was like, I was invigorated. I was energetic, but you can see the results in my heart rate as well as my stress levels. Uh, The other thing was acupuncture. Acupuncture, after having it done, set me on this one hour long recovery period, which is extremely effective if I look at the data correctly. Mm -hmm. But Let's let's talk about exercise. Did you notice anything about your workouts that in their sort of near-term effect on things like stress? Well, I would say that I managed to balance this surprisingly well. I typically have a toughest workout on the week uh, on Saturday, and this was the case even with the measurements. I did the measurements from Thursday, Friday to Saturday, and mm-hmm. uh, I recovered amazingly well. Although, what did I do wrong after that? We can talk about that later with the alcohol consumption. Um, But overall, I think the morning workouts suit me pretty well because I get enough time to recover so that I can also then get the good recovery sleep. And Mm -hmm. also that the, the actual exercise, it also gives you, the report gives you a nice data on how um, intensive the workout was in a positive sense. Not necessarily all exercise has to be uh, super, super tough to give you the positive benefits. So even my um, exercise uh, or training sessions where the Saturday was much harder than the Friday and you get different um, types of benefits out of those. And that is interesting also to see on the report uh, how your fitness improves um, along the road. Yeah. And so for me, uh, with the exercise thing, I follow sort of a traditional West Side barbell split, meaning I have max effort days and sort of dynamic effort days. And those max effort days sound exactly like they are. It's a one rep max, three rep max, five rep max, et cetera, of certain types of exercises. And so Monday, Tuesday are usually my max effort days. And one of the things that I looked to test here was, is my body ready for back-to-back max effort days. And what I found fascinating was, is okay, Monday I did max effort sumo deadlift one rep. Uh, The Tuesday I did max effort two reps bench press. And I didn't actually see a decline in HRV or an increase in stress levels until day three. And so what that tells me is I'm able to stack those two workouts. And again, N of one, not N of a gazillion. It's N of one here. I'm not, I'm able to stack these two workouts back to back. And then on that third day, I need more of an active recovery day, which that active recovery day. And before I go into active recovery, I'll say a little bit about powerlifting in terms of intensity. It is very intense for very short periods of time. And during those periods of time, you can notice sort of one-off spikes in my stress levels. But as a broader workout, it registers a little, little bit less intense, which does make sense since this is involving the heart. Uh, on the recovery day, it was fascinating to see that the active recovery that I participated in, which is more of a five-kilometer run, was pretty intensive according to the workouts. So, or sorry, according to the report. So it'd be interesting to do this once again with more things like high intensity interval training, wing gates, Tabatas, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And that was more like how my Saturday was actually, that was a lot of high intensity, uh, which then shows that it is improving or or developing my VO max, which is of course nice to see because that Mm -hmm. kind of uh, training is needed as well every now and then. 
Absolutely. You know, VO2 max as well as flossing are two signs of longevity. Um, It's funny that flossing is a part of that, but that probably (laughs) tells you a little bit something about the individual. Let's talk about the things that you observed that were not so helpful in terms of both your stress levels, but also heart rate. Yes. So Saturday, all in all, was a tough day for me. And that meant that I started with uh, over two hour workout that was, as I just explained, quite high, quite high intensity. Then I was very active throughout the day. So it included a lot of walking around in the city, and which I thought, so, so to speak, that that's going to be my recovery. I'm going to eat a very proper lunch and so on and just walk walk around but it didn't really help my recovery I think that would have been the day where I actually should have taken much more of those breaks that I did on Thursday and Friday Um, and then what I also noticed was that after having three glasses of wine on Saturday in between noon and four or five p.m that had actually a significant impact, all in all, not just those three glasses, I believe, but on my heart rate and heart rate variation throughout the night. So that was the only night that my sleep really got ruined or got ruined. Um, and I do believe that it was a combination of all this. So my recommendation to myself is when you're doing a heavy workout, actually then focus on taking those breaks and skip the wine that day do that another day. <laughs> uh, I mean, key message there is you overloaded the nervous system, right? And I totally did. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't drink during the three days and I didn't touch alcohol. And it, like I said this morning, you know, I didn't have such a great night's sleep last night, but I felt pretty good. That says one thing about alcohol. But uh, one of the things that I noticed was overeating in particular does register as a stressor. Hmm. And I had one meal in particular, um, and I'm saying in particular a lot today for some reason, but I had <laughs> one meal that, you know, the guys at Ambernite produce a favor, a great product. And I had some Ambernite with some coconut yogurt. And I've told Simo this in the past, but you just can't put the stuff down. And it's so good that I just kept eating and I was looking at the results and you can notice a distinct spike in stress from overeating. So all of you people out there who are listening to this, who think that, hey, that binge meal is not doing anything to you long term you may want to look a little bit into your nervous system. But, you know, Satsu, should we summarize just with some of the key takeaways for people in terms of if they wanted to investigate this, what they could learn? Yeah, let's do that. What were your sort of top two? Top two learnings or takeaways for me. uh, Number one, take those breaks during the day. Number two, understand what affects your sleep. And by sleep, meaning when you're doing this, you get to track the heart rate variation. That is, whether it's during the day or during nighttime, the key tracker uh, that we use with this assessment. And there, the sleep gets so easily affected and it is so clear by looking at that report that your actions link to this. Um, So be aware and make your choices wisely. Yeah. 
So this report allows you to do a lot of journaling with it too. And I kept two different journals. One is the report that the company allows you to do. And I kept a separate one on the side of just sort of what I was doing in kind of a minute to minute basis. Mm. Uh, not quite that specific, maybe every 15 minutes. But what I learned was, is I'm heavily affected by email and just sort of response mm. in terms of stress. Now let's kind of project this out onto an audience. If you want to look to identify your stressors, both personal and professional, this is a fantastic way to do it. There are certain things that arose in terms of foods that I didn't think I was sensitive to, but I could see it reflected in terms of both my HRV stress levels as well as my uh, general sort of overall well-being. There are certain things like coffee, which was heartbreaking to me that I could observe that not only was it a tick up in heart rate, which isn't shocking, but also seems like coffee may not serve me as well as other beverages may. Hmm. And so you can learn a lot about yourself through this analysis. We talked about sort of perceived stressors versus real stressors, and you get to see the real stressors. So this could be something in your environment, whether it be air quality, whether it be, uh, whether it be those emails that you get, whether it be the types of workouts that you're doing. You can observe this and get a nice, really easy to read, really easy to understand output that tells you you know, what you need to be doing differently. And it gives actionable advice, which is really what we're all about here is just giving you that simple next step to being and performing better. Show notes for this one are decodingsuperhuman.com slash first beat. That's first as in the word first beat. Sayonara superhumans. Superhumans, before you go, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy all of our episodes, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. It would really, really help get the word out on what we're doing here at Decoding Superhuman. Feedback. If you want to give us direct feedback or you want to see us cover a specific topic, whether on the shorter episodes or the longer episodes, head on over to your email and email us at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. For those of you who have sent emails to that address, you know that I respond to every single one. And then lastly, would you like 300 to 500 words of highly curated information on how to upgrade performance? If so, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com slash throwdown and you'll get our next issue of the throwdown, which is our 300 to 500 word highly curated digests, if you will, on what's going on in the field of performance. Enjoy your day, superhumans, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's episode.